Hello and welcome to night number eight of 31 Nights of Frights, year three, the franchise. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Since it is night number eight, that means we're going back to Elm Street. And well, I think we should get into the episode. Starring Heather Langenkamp and Patricia Arquette. This is the 1987 Chuck Russell directed Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 takes place in a psychiatric hospital for youth and it features a psychiatrist who is trying to help these kids and one of the psychiatrists that is working with them is actually Nancy from the original Nightmare on Elm Street. So this one here is a true direct sequel. This honestly is probably the one that fans would have wanted to see for number two as opposed to this being number three. However, it is meant to actually close out the series, which is kind of a fascinating idea to me. It's kind of strange that if you have a successful franchise, why would you want to go and close it off? We know that different companies such as Paramount and you know, in the more recent times, Lionsgate, they like to milk their horror movies, milk them for all that they can because they make money. But with the return of Wes Craven as writer and producer here, it seems like he wanted to close out A Nightmare on Elm Street for good. And one of the ways that he did that is actually killing off a pretty significant main character. I'll get into that a little bit later. Before I actually do that, I want to go and give a spoiler warning. This is your big warning here. I'm going to talk about different plot twists and turns, and, well, I would hate to ruin the movie for you. I believe I have given spoiler warnings on my other episodes here, and if you have not seen this one, go watch it and then come back and listen to see what my thoughts are on it. So as we know, the second one of A Nightmare on Elm Street was more of a side story. I think it's actually a solid film, and I think this one is probably better than the second one, just specifically because it actually has more ties to the first film. This one actually dives a little bit deeper into the whole dream stuff from the first film, where the second one didn't really do that. So we have a more interesting sequel on paper, even though I think the second one is probably more interesting overall, specifically because of the various gay themes in the second film. But the third one is the true sequel that fans really wanted. And for fans of A Nightmare on Elm Street, then that's great. I think some of the things are a bit silly, such as dream blockers. And that is a prescription pill that basically would stop kids from dreaming, which would essentially take away Freddy's power. I don't know if I really agree with the whole group lucid dreaming idea that they do here, but it's a fascinating one. And in some ways it kind of mirrors the movie Inception a little bit as far as that goes, as far as like dream hacking and having a shared dream experience. And I think it's cool because I'm not the first one to actually realize that. As anybody here that is a fan of Rick and Morty, 
they may have seen the episode with Scary Terry that was all at once a parody of Inception and A Nightmare on Elm Street. It would be a really interesting thing if Christopher Nolan actually went and saw A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 as an inspiration for Inception. I don't know if that would be completely true or not, but it's a really interesting idea, and we do know that Christopher Nolan does rip off some other films as far as different ideas, such as The Dark Knight ripping off the movie Heat. I think the casting here is actually really well done. The overall casting with Patricia Arquette being an addition to the Dream Warriors is great. It's fun to see Lawrence Fishburne here, or as he was known back then, Larry Fishburne. It's good to see him in one of his first roles. Yes, I know he had a few before that, but still, it's good to see him here. And I thought it was cool that they even brought back John Saxon as Nancy's father. We have some really good ties to the first film, and it works really well with the first film. I just think if I was to pick between the two, I think I prefer the first movie as opposed to this one. But that's just me because I don't really like sequels as much as the originals generally. However, there are a few exceptions. Bringing back Wes Craven for this one was definitely a good idea. I don't know if it was New Line Cinema's idea or if it was Wes Craven's idea to come back for this one. But I really think having Wes Craven there to guide the process, any issues that people may have had with the second film are pretty much gone with this one. They improved in a lot of ways. Two of the major things that they improved on are actually the dream sequences themselves. I think it looks great. And this pretty much establishes more of what we know the Freddy nightmares to be. And also Freddy Krueger himself. Freddy Krueger is pretty much come into the character that we know from pop culture and such. And this is pretty much the movie that solidifies Freddy Krueger as one of the greats in horror movie history. This is the movie that made him legendary. And, well, it also set him up for parody. This here is directed by Chuck Russell. Of course, he would one year later do 1988's The Blob, which is a personal favorite of mine. And then six years later, Chuck Russell would direct the Jim Carrey movie The Mask. So Chuck Russell actually had a pretty decent career overall. I would say that those three movies are fairly big and fondly remembered by a lot of people. I do find it Interesting, though, that Frank Darabont co-wrote the script here. Of course, Wes Craven co-wrote it as well and was producer, but you have Frank Darabont who would go on to write the script for The Blob and would also go on to create some very great films. Frank Darabont left making horror films for a little while or writing them or being involved with them, and he made The Shawshank Redemption and also The Green Mile. It wouldn't be until the movie The Mist that Frank Darabont would make his return to horror. Getting back to the film itself, I think the various dream sequences are, are great looking. My only big complaint is that compared to the first film, 
and even I would say the second film had this issue there's not a whole lot of blood and gore it's not as intense or as graphic in my opinion as what the first one is and I don't think the first one is all that bad but we do have some pretty impressive scenes in the first one such as the wave of blood and in this it almost feels like it could be a PG-13 film not the worst of things of course there is great PG and PG-13 horror some of my fondest memories for horror actually include Gremlins and Beetlejuice and I saw those when I was pretty young and of course with the right precautions by a parent it can be family viewing but here outside of some breasts and a little bit of blood I mean we do get the girl getting slammed into the TV which is pretty great Freddy has a great one-liner the whole welcome to prime time bitch is pretty hilarious and I know that one of my co-workers that is one of his favorite scenes in a Nightmare on Elm Street film so you do have a lot of good things about it it's just that it feels severely toned down from the first movie but yet we have a lot of great things about it such as the idea of group dreaming and of course I can't really jump on board for that so this is actually a good movie it's a good Nightmare on Elm Street film I don't know if I agree with the whole killing off of Nancy in the movie and also killing off her father too it seems like they really were trying to end it but I think that would probably be Wes Craven with him well, I'm going to come back, but I'm coming back to end things on my terms. And that's a definite possibility. Is this what's best for the franchise? Definitely not, because this franchise still had legs. And Wes Craven should have known better to do something like that. Of course, we did get the sort of sequel, sort of spin-off, New Nightmare, and that was Wes Craven coming back to the series after a many year absence. And we will definitely get to that one later. That's actually a favorite of mine. One thing I did forget about casting is that it actually included actor Craig Wasson. And while the guy is somewhat of a doppelganger for Bill Maher, it's great to see him here because he is in one of my favorite episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. And that would be the Giesenstocks episode of Tales from the Dark Side. Kind of a creepy episode, just specifically because of the way the dolls look in that one. So if you like his acting here, I say give that episode a shot if you can find it. The big last thing that I can say about this movie, it has a pretty rockin' song by Dokken. The song uh, Dream Warrior is actually pretty awesome i think it still rocks and in many ways it's more successful as far as being a fun song and tie-in than what alice cooper's man behind the mask from friday the 13th part 6 was unlike that song this one here is actually played at the end over the credits i do actually enjoy both songs i just think that this one here is probably a little bit better overall but I am a huge Alice Cooper fan. I think Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, I think it's actually a good movie. It's a interesting movie, and I think this one here is actually the one that 
really laid the groundwork for the later sequels. Of course, that also laid the groundwork for Freddy to become a parody of himself, which of course we will discuss on other night episodes. So this one here is definitely a solid follow-up and the sequel that fans definitely wanted from A Nightmare on Elm Street. I think I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you do not do the whole social media thing, you can reach me at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And also, I do have a website so you can catch up on past episodes of Adam Analyzes or 31 Nights of Frights on there. And the last thing If you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would give me a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to continue making episodes and also reach new listeners. Plus, you know, I love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night. (laughs) 